Okay, so, yes, Lord, we pray for this prophet. We ask for your anointing to come upon her. And though she's prepared what she's going to say, Lord, I ask you to give her revelation knowledge and show her even more, and then help us to see, hear, and understand this message so that we can walk a narrow path toward you in righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I heard some people online, they, they talked back. They said, hallelujah, really loud. That was pretty, I could hear that in the spirit, right? I'm going to just believe and have faith. Um, so welcome this morning to Spirit of Prophecy Church. I'm going to be talking about uh, some of the errors that are in the Hebrew Roots movement, the Messianic uh, Jews movement. And so, yeah, I already know some of you are probably already writing your little blog saying, you know, chewing me out, whatever. That's okay. I'm kind of getting used to it, but I feel like that there's, you know, when there's an error and there's, there's a teaching that I need to bring, I need to bring it. I've already made a DVD on this anyway also through the Prophecy Club, and you can get it through there. But, but you know, the thing is, is that as Christians, we can become so vulnerable to different doctrines, different beliefs, because it sounds good, looks good, thinks we're gonna, think we're going to get closer to Jesus or the Lord, and then some even say, wow, I just became a god. And that's what I'm warning against. So we're going to talk about the mysticism that's in the Hebrew Roots movement. And are Christians supposed to become Jewish? So that's where I'm starting. And I uh, hope that you have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying because it's an important message. So while preparing for this truth, the truth about the Shekinah Glory DVD, and so many of you have heard me talk here at this church online about Shekinah Glory and the problems there. And also, there's a DVD that I've done on the Shekinah Glory. And I hope that you'll check it out and get that because there are other prophets, other um, ministries that they call them, they have the word Shekinah in it. Be very, 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 very uh, careful and understand that Shekinah is mysticism. So just, just be aware, just because you want to follow that person, um, you need to be aware of why they're calling their name Shekinah. I'm not talking about Shekinah today. But it goes kind of along the same thing here. Anyway, so I became increasingly aware of the extreme paganism in the Messianic Jewish culture and the Hebrew Roots movement. And I want everybody to know my heart. I'm not an accuser of the brethren. I'm really not. But I am one that will expose error. I am one that will show you the lies of the devil. Because sometimes you don't even know where these movements began. And so if you haven't done your study, I've done some study for you. My heart is to increase the awareness and discernment into the lives of God's children so they will not be deceived nor follow every wind of doctrine. And I bring this information to the body of Christ with Jesus, Yeshua's love, so that we will follow the truth and not err. Do not follow after man, but explore the truth for yourself. And I say, God bless each one of you because I do. I want you to each one of you to be blessed. I also want you to be discerning. I want you to desire truth. Do you desire truth? So we desire truth. We don't always like truth. Matter of fact, people say, you know, I want the truth, but then we really don't want the truth uh, because then we have to change or we have to, to uh, change our way of thinking. We also have to make uh, differences in our lives, and it's not always fun. It's not easy at all, but it's important. So there'll be some things that are mentioned in this talk that I'll offend people. And I'm, you know, I could say I'm sorry that I'm going to be offending you. Um, Jesus offended I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not on the same level as Jesus. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, you know, truth will offend. And so that 
you know, if you get your feelings hurt, sorry. But also, I want you to have your ears open more than anything so that you'll have truth and that you'll change the ways from wickedness because this is of the devil. Many of it is. Much of it is, is of the devil. I'm not saying all Hebrew roots. I'm not saying all Messianic Jews. I'm not saying that. I did not say that. I'm just saying some of these teachings through that it is. However, if you research for yourself and seek truth, you'll have eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying for this day and hour. Uh, Satan uses the occult, mysticism, spiritism, and all of his lies and his, and his consorts to distract God's people and get them off the mark. Pray for discernment. Spiritual wickedness in high places are out to direct you to a den of venomous snakes, just like the Kundalini, you know, replacing it with the Holy Spirit, right? Shikana, replacing it with the Holy Spirit, and also beginning to make you think that you're a god, becoming something that you're, you're puffed up, believing in yourself that you're something more than you really are. Uh, Satan's plans and plants have been sent out to confuse you and get you to agree with them by saying yes and amen to their occult ways, thus receiving a curse. And be aware of the trance that mysticism can have upon your mind. This talk uh, on um, the truth about the Hebrew Roots Movement and the Messianic Jews Movement, I'll be doing it for the month of June for sure. There's a lot of information to come your way. And I'll pray that you just will tune in and have ears to hear and eyes to see what the Spirit of the Lord is saying this morning. Christians, we are vulnerable because we love God's chosen people. And I think that's one of the reasons why so many are drawn to, as Christians, we're drawn to Israel. How many in here have been to Israel? So a few of you, okay. So um, we've been to Israel many, many times. We've been uh, tour host many times. Um, and it's, you know, it's exciting, especially the first time you go, you're going to say, man, I walked the steps that Jesus walked, right? I mean, this is, you know, it's, it's, it is a spiritual journey. It's really an awesome experience. But even then, because of the lies of the, the tourism there, they take you to places like this is, they have this little hole, this little place in this, this Catholic church that says, and this is where Jesus was born. And people get goosebumps, they get all this, you know, feeling like, wow, I'm just in the presence of Jesus, when all that's a lie. So just understand that we can get caught, caught up into our own, um, into the mysticism that comes in. It can, it can also mimic the Holy Spirit many times. And so we think, well, that was such a spiritual experience. I just, you know, felt the Lord's presence. So it must have been the truth there. When really that's a lie that you just believed. Ooh, I just burst some bubbles. No, he really wasn't born there. So, understand that. There's, there's, um, they know how to make a buck. Right? They do. Um, we love the Jews. We love Israel. And if you're a Christian and you don't, then you need to repent. Because, you know, they are God's chosen people. That is a, we are to love Israel. Here as Americans, the United States of America, we are to love Israel. Right? We are to um, pray for Israel. Pray, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Right? So we are to love the Jews. And they're not easy to love. Uh, they just are not. I remember the first time that Stan and I went there. And we were going through customs. We were coming back from, I think, from... I might not have this exactly right, but it's kind of the same story. Uh, from Turkey into Israel, and we were waiting in line to, you know, get up for them to see our passports as we're entering into to Israel. 
And these people just, you know, these Jews, they just kept cutting in front of us, cutting in front of us. Well, I was getting upset. And I'm like, by golly, they're not going to step in front of me again. And so, you know, the, the people behind the desk, they're just waving their people all on in, right? They're like, come on up here, cut the line of that Gentile. She's worth nothing anyway. And so Stan's like, just be calm, just be quiet. And I said, no. And I said, really, I said, not another person's going to step in front of me. And they didn't, praise God, but Stan's like, we're going to have world war here, right? But I mean, I, I, we're, we're, you just get tired of that kind of thing, right? And I mean, I don't disrespect them, and I don't want them to disrespect me, but they, I mean, honestly, they're not an easy people. Matter of fact, their language sounds like they're mad all the time, right? I mean, we were on the, the tour bus, and our um, tour guide, and, and the bus driver, and then they opened the door, and they started talking to another Jewish person, and they're like right there at the, where they open up the door of the tour bus, and they're like, they're, I can't talk like they do, but they're, they're talking in, in language, and all of a sudden, we're like, Stan's thinking we're about to have a fight on the tour bus, like, the, you know, like they were egging this guy on, and, and we're like, you know, just calm down, calm down, and they're like, what are you talking about? We're just saying hello, you know, how's your day going? And we're thinking, they're like, mad at this guy, got to start a fight, and that wasn't it at all. So, you know, you, you do think that they're angry all the time. The women especially rarely smile. You know, I, guess, I don't know. Maybe they're not happy. I don't know. But they rarely smile. So, it's just one of those things. It's just, that's their culture. Like Romanians. Dimitri Didiman <laughs> rarely smiled. You know, was kind of gruff and tough. And had a hard life, and and he was one of the like old time Testament prophets, and and not you know not friendly to be around. Although you know he took a liking to Stan, especially me. He really liked me. Praise God, Hallelujah! Uh, because I could see him put some people in his place sometimes. But anyway, he teased me all the time, and so I just would tease back. And so we, instead of taking offense to it, I would just like he says. This gold nail, for example, they've had this gold nail for many, 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 many years. Before I even met Stan, we've been married 38 years, so that ought to tell you something. Had this gold nail, and so Dimitri says, you know, through the interpreter, of course, he goes, do you not like the nails that God gave you? And I went, well, no, not really. I like this one better. And so, <laughs> where he was trying to, and he was teasing me, but at the same time, I'm thinking, you know, he's trying to see how you're going to react to him, you know. But anyway. All right, so after all, Jesus was a Jew. We have a longing to be with him. We know that God will restore Israel. However, we need to remember he will not restore the religious system, right? Christ came to fulfill the law. The feasts were to point the Israelites to Christ, however, they denied him. We did not. That's the difference. As Christians, we do not deny Jesus. Hallelujah. So this is, an, this is a great news for us. Uh, Romans 8, 1 through 4. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. You are free. Everybody say, I'm free. You are free if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Isn't that good news? This is awesome news for us. 
they are those that have not accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, even the Israelites, the Jews, they are in bondage. They are not free. But we are free. We can smile and we can be happy, right? Um, for what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. If you are walking after the spirit of God, you are walking free. You're not caged up anymore. You are free. Many Christians want to see themselves as Jewish. We always want to see ourselves as something else. We want to try to believe we're something more than we really are. We want to say, we sometimes want to sit in our home and say, I'm going to sit here for, you know, and just believe. I'll just have faith. And I'll believe that that job will come along as I'm sitting in my chair. It won't happen. But he's given us intelligence. He's given us wisdom, right? But so we are free to go out to go look for that job. That's kind of a strange example, but you all get the point, right? Um, so many think that being Jewish is better than being just a Christian. No, it's not. Christians, we have a joy in our walk, a leap in our walk. We are, we are praising our Lord, our Savior, our Master, our King. We know the truth. We know the truth of where our salvation goes. We know the truth of where eternity is. They do not. We do. So we don't need to become Jewish to have that freedom. When it comes to salvation, Jesus destroyed the wall. Hebrew Ruth's movement desires to rebuild the wall by elevating Judaism above Christianity. That's the truth about Hebrew Ruth's movement. They're trying to say that as you as a Christian, your belief below me, beneath me, because you haven't become, you're not walking the steps to become a Jew. No, you don't want to hear what I'd say to them. I, I'm just saying, do you understand the truth here? You, you actually are above them. Exactly. We're above the law. We're above them. Right? So we don't have to become a Jew to be elevated. You accept Jesus, you're elevated. Okay. This movement states that we have been removed from our roots and we have to get back to the Judaism. Thus, we become the spiritual Jew somehow uniting us with Israel. You know, like, this is just a joke in here. I have to throw that in every once in a while, like Pastor Lou does, just to kind of break it up a little bit. And, of course, you know, now they've taken out, you know, Seuss, right? <laughs> Not, is it his name? Dr. Seuss? Like, you know, it's like it's, it's um, uh, what do you call it, racism? Stupid. One fish, two fish, red fish, two fish. I guess they're going to say I'm racist now to come up with that. It's just a joke. This is just a joke, okay? Also, <laughs> thank you, Pastor Luke. Uh, why are you kosher and I'm not looking at the, you know, the cow, the pig? Hmm. An excellent question indeed. Let me chew the cut on it, right? So anyway, we'll talk about that later on in my talk. Matter of fact, I'll just say this right quick. Um, it was not an abomination to eat pork. In other words, it's not an abomination to God. It's an abomination to our body just because it's not healthy for us. But it's not an abomination to God. Now, so we're getting people sending in their little blogs. You go study it. You'll see. All right, so what's the difference between the Hebrew Roots Movement and the Messianic Jews? 
because you hear the both of them, right? So we, we need to see what the difference is. So Messianic Jews, we'll start there, emphasizes the law, but will not say a Christian is to keep Sabbath or eat kosher. I want Christians to learn from the Hebrew perspective and the feast to understand the foreshadow of Christ. No big deal. We do that. We understand by knowing like Passover because we, we, we do, you know, the Passover, Feast of Trumpets. We're going to be having a prayer meeting, um, tabernacles. Yes, sir. Keeping the feast will not take you to heaven. Jesus is the only way. The only way. So they're trying to, many of them in the Hebrew Roots Movement, Messianic Jews Movement, try to say you have to keep the feast to get to heaven. Not true. That is not true. But we do want to understand it. Why not have another party? <laughs> and said it's God's party, right? Right, Stan, I can have those kind of parties, right? Okay. Um, I'm always having parties at my house, always. It's like, Leslie Ann, because I always have a sign out there, and she goes, you know, the whole neighborhood thinks, man, they have a lot of people living in that house or something. They're always, they must be inviting the whole city of Allen to come over here. Have a party at their house. It'll be fun. So Colossians 3.1 says, Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, um, bond nor free, but Christ in all, Christ is all and in all. In other words, he's in whatever. Whatever, you know, uh, the, if you come out of your, whatever your religion you're in and you accept him, you are a believer in Jesus Christ. Uh, we are all spiritually one in Christ, which is not based on our natural birth, but our second spiritual birth. So they're saying, this is how they believe too. So we're not our spiritually one in Christ, which is not based on our natural birth, but it's a second spiritual birth. We believe that too. Hebrew Roots. Um, most HRM, I'm just going to, Hebrew Roots Amendment, insists that we must keep the Sabbath. And by the way, here at this church, Spirit of Prophecy Church, so don't get all bent out of shape that we are um, coming to celebrate our Lord here on Sunday. I keep the day holy of Jesus Christ every day, seven days a week. It's not just one day, right? Um, and if you have a problem with the cross, then I'm sorry. You have a problem, right? Because we, we tend to want to believe about the cross because it reminds us of what Jesus did for us. Amen? So if you can't do that, you know, you must be something greater than me, I guess. Because I want to always be reminded. Always be reminded. We do, we do have Bible studies on Friday nights. We've had Bible study on Friday nights, from, um, which is Sabbath, from uh, where ever since I've met Stan. Been married to him for 38 years. Now, we do take off for the summer. I'm not going to, you don't need to know the reasons, but we do. Um, but, you know, but I believe that we're supposed to keep every day holy for the Lord. Uh, and since we must keep Moses' law, including the feast days, and if they say, if you don't keep the feast, then you're not going to heaven, and you're unworthy. Okay. So Ephesians 2.11. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past, Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision, by that which call, it's called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you... I'm going to look over here. That at that time you were without Christ. I can't see it over there because of the tree. <laughs> that at that time you were without Christ being... Aliens from the 
commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. And that's who we are, right? For he is our peace who hath made both one of, and, and hath broken down the middle wall, a partition between us. Having abolished in, in, all, in his flesh, excuse me, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in an ordinances, for to make him himself a twain one new man, not make, so making peace. They think that if you don't keep the Sabbath, that you're not going to heaven. But we know our hope is in Christ Jesus. That's the difference. The Messianic Jews, they do believe the gospel. They do believe that Jesus is God. Most include the law in their daily lives. They meet on Shabbat, varying views within each group. Both study the Talmud, Talmud and the Torah. And remember, much of the Talmud is rabbinic teachings from paganism rabbis. And you can see that in uh, the DVD that I did on the Shekinah uh, more than the other, some of the other DVDs that I've done. So many of these teachings, the Mosaic laws, etc., are really from pagan rabbis and laws of man, not God. You know, he gave uh, the law to Moses, the Ten Commandments. Yes, we should follow those. But, you know, he says greater than even those Ten Commandments if we love one another, right? That's, that's our commandment. If we just do that, then all those Ten Commandments will fall in line with. A Messianic Jew is both a physical and spiritual descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who is joined by faith to Yeshua, the Messiah of Israel. That's what they say. They an individual who is a believer in Yeshua, or Jesus, but does not have a DNA Jewish lineage through their father or mother, is not Jewish, nor a Messianic Jew. Messianic Jews say they are grafted into Israel. They are partakers of the covenants of promise through the Messiah and are fellow citizens of Israelites. So they say they're grafted in Israel. Who are we really grafted into? Jesus Christ. We're not grafted into Israel. I say we the believers are grafted into the Lord Jesus Christ. And John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. So we're joined to Christ. One of the things I was looking up yesterday is that when, when a plant is grafted, then one of the branches is like cut, like wounded, so the other branch can be joined. And that's really what Jesus did. You know, he was put on the cross. He was wounded, but we get grafted in. You know, we get, we get part of that, become part of that branch. Isn't that awesome? I thought I went back to him. No, I didn't. Okay, thank you. My thumb got heavy. They state that, in short, if you are not part of the house of Israel, all the tribes, including Judah, Jews, plus the sojourners that have joined themselves to Israel, or the house of Judah, the Jews, you have no part of the New Covenant or the New Testament. That's what they state. So you see some problems there? So from the Hebrew roots, even the Messianic Jews, that's what they believe. That's what they want to get them to believe. We got a little problem here. Um, and also, I had one lady uh, one time years ago try to tell Stan and I that try to, she was trying to figure out 
what lineage, what tribe we came from. Well, Stan must be Levite. So he needs to change his name to be Levite. Couldn't figure out who I came from. I was a Heinz 57. So therefore, I wasn't going to be part of the tribe. I mean, she literally said that. She's like, you know, you can't be part of the tribe. Okay, well, I, yeah, <laughs> it was a secret password. So, I mean, it's like, you got to be from Ben or Dan or, you know, Levi or one of these others to be part of the covenant. Problem? Yeah, they're, they're going out teaching that. They just can come in your house. They can look at pictures, they say, and look at your, you know, grandfather, great-grandfather, if you have pictures of them, and she'll tell you which tribe you've come from. That's a definitely a false prophet. You remember that lady? Uh, yeah, yeah, she didn't stay around us too long. I don't think Stan let her be there very long. God did not make an open-ended covenant with all the nations such as he did with the descendants of Noah in Genesis 9. This new covenant is made only with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, period. That's what they're stating. Okay, I pulled it up from, you can see here, I pulled this from Beth, Beth Yeshia website, Hebrew Roots Fellowship. That's where I have it. I have that on there. Um, the Hebrew Roots Movement incorporates Messianic Judaism, just packaged slightly different. Messianic Judaism is more Christ-oriented than the Hebrew Roots. Uh, it's a stepping stone, however, to the Hebrew Roots Movement. So if you're a Messianic Jew, you're just doing a stepping stone walk towards the Hebrew Roots. Uh, meshing grace with Judaism under the Old Covenant with works. In other words, if you don't do the works, if you don't do the law, then you can't make it to heaven. So it's all works-oriented, right? Where we are by faith. It's by His grace that you're saved. Uh, ordinances, Sabbath worships, and feasts combining with Christianity. They say the Gentile followers of Christ were grafted into the Jews. The HRM, or the Hebrew Roots Movement followers, interpret this to mean that Christians must take on a Jewish custom and practice to really please God. You have to really please God if we were to lead. That's not, I don't care if you wear one, that's fine. But don't think that I'm not going to be going to heaven because I don't. Or don't, don't think you're better than us just because you're, it's fine. If you want to say Yeshua, but I want to say Jesus, fine. Yeah, I, you can wear that. It doesn't offend me at all. But just don't think that you're above me because I'm not. Um, because I'm grafted into Jesus. I'm not being grafted into the Jews. You see a difference here? Hopefully you're starting to understand. Because we hear the word Messianic Jews, and we think, wow, that's what I want to become. That sounds awesome. Um, but they, you know, they, also we stopped a long time ago, and I'll get this probably here in a couple of weeks, a couple of Sundays from now. But, you know, when we, when we started the, you know, we started Friday Night Bible said that on the Sabbath, years ago, like I said, 38, 30-something so years ago, and then um, somewhere along the line, halfway through, a little more, well, maybe uh, 10 years into it, then someone comes along and says, you know, well, Leslie, you've got to, now you've got to, you know, cover your head, you know, with the shawl, and you've got to pray into the candles to bring, because you, as a woman, took out the light of the world, so now you've got to, you know, light the candles, bring light back into the world, you've got to learn this prayer in Hebrew, and and I was like, I felt, I said, Stan, I can't do it. I, I just felt so like, 
first of all, like they were trying to make me do something. Don't ever try to make Leslie do something. And, and I was like so against it. I'm not a Jew. I'm not Jewish. And um, that, that's not going to get me closer to the Lord. And it's not going to cause our Bible study to go any better. So, you know, belittling me and then putting me as a woman that I have to do that because I'm Stan's wife. I have to do that to bring the light back in. And if, you know, if the woman's not available, then the man can do it. It's just it's a bunch of rubbish, which really it's a pagan ritual. It's a pagan religious ritual. It has nothing to do with even the laws of Moses. I never did it. Any would you turn? Can you turn your microphone on? He, it looks like he's going to have some additions to what I'm teaching. Okay. Praise God. Any two things. One is you never did that. You never lit a no, candle. No, I, I, okay. I, I, they started thing, to make me do it, and I was like, I can't do this. Second thing is, it is written that any time you light a candle in worship, any time you light a candle in worship, it is actually worship to Baal, the cow god. That ought to make you <laughs> like that. sober up, all right? It's not going to get you closer to Jesus. It's just even like the Catholics. I love Catholics. And there's a lot of them that really have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, really have. There's a lot of them that haven't. They're into the paganism. They're into the ritualistics, the religion, uh, lighting a candle for someone to be saved. That's not the way. Um, that is another talk <laughs> down the line. But, you know, it's, it's just like what, you know, Pastor Stan said here. Um, so it's just a stepping stone to the Hebrew Roots Movement if you're with the Messianic Jews. Meshing grace with Judaism under the Old Covenant with works, ordinances, Sabbath worship, and feasts combining with Christianity. Saying Gentile followers of Christ were grafted into the Jews. And HMR followers interpret this to mean that Christians must take on the Jewish custom and practices to really please God. I, you know, one of the things we do, we do this, the Sevenfold Miracle Crusades, we do it at Passover, and we have a big feast, a fun time, uh, worship together, and Stan takes us through the journey about the Passover, and it's a re it reminds us of where we came out of, um, you know, the blood of Jesus over our hearts, right? I mean, there's so much that we can learn from that, but it, it, and, I, and I love that kind of thing. And I do think as a fellowship, it does bring us closer together. But it's not making my walk with the Lord stronger. It's just making, some, making me just kind of see some things in a, in a um, kind of a... Um, I'm all about prophetic acts. So seeing things in a little bit more realistic detail, I guess. And how all the plagues, the ten, pl the ten plagues, that we are out of that now. You know, and uh, we we have a good time, and why not? You know, why not celebrate that? It's awesome. Messianic Jews say we are grafted into Israel. Again, this is why I said I believe that we were grafted into Lord Jesus. Galatians four ten and eleven. You observe days and months and times and years. I'm afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. And then Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the laws, you are fallen from grace. So if you're only looking to the law, then you're fallen from grace. It's by grace you are saved. And then 518 says, but if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. If you're led by the Holy Spirit, you're not under that law. You're free from it. Fly. 
You're free. Amen. Titus 1.14, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. So we don't want to go to Jewish fables. We don't even want to go to traditions of men. We don't want to go to traditions of any kind of church, right? We want to follow after Jesus Christ. Most HRM are fervent in their teachings against using the name Jesus. And I'll get into that here in just a minute. The name Jesus is considered pagan. They say the name Jesus is related to Zeus. Insist a person must pronounce the Messiah, Yeshua, in Hebrew to be saved and have prayers answered. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Forgive me of my sins, Jesus. I'm saved. I am saved because I call on the name of Jesus and I'm not afraid to say Messiah. I'm not afraid to even say Yeshua. I'm a Shia. But don't think just because I say Jesus, the true Jesus, and there's some out there, you know, even the um, Muslims, they they fine with the word Jesus because they don't worship the true Jesus. They don't. We worship the Messiah, the true Jesus. Here in Texas, I say Jesus. Uh, state the New Testament was not written in Greek, but is Aramaic. <laughs> Whatever. Who cares? Most Hebrew roots followers do not believe that Jesus or Yeshua is God in the flesh. That's where you should run out of that. If you're a true believer in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Messiah, the Yeshua, if you're a true believer that he came to set you free of your sins, you better believe that he's God in the flesh. And if that's a contradictory to how you were raised and how you believe and how you've been in church and how you accepted Jesus, and then you need to get out of that Hebrew roots movement right now and realize the lies that they're trying to set before you. Many reject the teachings of Paul. I'll get into that a little bit too. Um, John 19, 17, he went bearing his cross forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in Hebrew, Golgotha. Even Aramaic. Doesn't really matter. It's Golgotha. I like that. I had another little joke. However, we do know that it is in God's word that he tells the man to brew the coffee. Stan brews the coffee every day because he brews. He follows teachings of the Lord from his Bible. He brews. Matter of fact, I don't make it very well, so he brews. <laughs> I hope the speakers are on. We're ready. I was recently asked to explain what's the difference between Torah and Talmud. I'm going to try to do that in just a few minutes. I was recently asked to explain what's the difference between Torah and Talmud. I'm going to try to do that in just a few minutes. To begin with, we Jews believe that when Moses went on Mount Sinai, he really received two Torahs, so to speak. One is the written Torah that we know as the Chumash, or the five books of Moses. And the other was an oral Torah, or explanations of those five books and all the rules and regulations and understandings of Jewish life. In addition to the five books, the revealed books of the Torah, the written Torah, includes also the writings of the Jewish prophets and a selection of writings called Ketuvim, the writings, 
which consists of books of history, uh, books of revealed poetry, like the Psalms, and also books of wisdom, like Proverbs. And this constitutes the revealed written Torah. What about that oral Torah? So to understand the oral Torah, you have to understand the ways in which the written Torah is, so to speak, incomplete. Imagine, for example, you were to be confronted with something like this. This is the schematic diagram for my gas fireplace. Now, if you understood schematic diagrams and you were an electrician, you could look at this immediately and know immediately how to install one of these things. Well, I don't have that background, and so I can't do that. What I need is I need a teacher. I need somebody to teach me the system, to help me to understand what these terms mean, what these symbols mean, and with that, I'm able to actually do what I have to do. The same thing with the Torah. There are many things in the Torah which are left unclear, and we have many, many commentaries, uh, many commentaries that we study with, which would help us to be able to understand what the text says, but we also have a tradition of oral interpretation and understanding that goes all the way back to Moses and is passed on from teacher to teacher to teacher to teacher all the way down to us. That tradition um, remained oral up until about the second century. Once in, in the second century, when the world began to be uh, a little bit more unstable under Roman rule, the rabbis decided that it was time to start to write down the oral law. And that took a number of different forms. It took the form of midrashim, which are stories or narratives, really mostly on philosophical points in the Torah. There are also, uh, there are also um, midrashim that dealt with law. And ultimately, the ultimate production of the oral law was the Talmud, a huge, huge collection of the lectures and discussions of rabbis over a period of about 400 years, are written really in the form almost of note-taking. Everything is written in very short form. Nevertheless, if you were going to study this one page a day, as many people do, it would take you seven years to do it. It's a really, really big book, and it's really, really dense. There's lots and lots and lots of things in the, in the Talmud. Now, you'll hear sometimes about crazy things in the Talmud. Well, the fact is, the Talmud is trying to explore points of law. And so, in the process of the discussion, students and teachers will throw out ideas. Now, most of those ideas are rejected. Most of those ideas are going to be tossed out right away. Or they may be raised and discussed and picked apart and analyzed and then thrown away. Or alternatively, sometimes they may be accepted. Right. Interestingly enough, the Talmud often does not come to conclusions, and those conclusions are really determined by jurists and scholars in later generations. But nevertheless, there's a huge amount of material in the Talmud. Now, all this interpretation, you might look at this and say to yourself, wait a second, this gives the rabbis an awful lot of power. Are you saying the rabbis have the power to change the Torah? And the answer is no. Even though the Torah itself says that when we have a problem and when we can't understand things or we should go to the scholars of that generation. Nevertheless, the scholars have to follow very defined rules and protocols for interpreting the text. And when we look at the rabbis of the Talmud, we're not just looking at any rabbis. We're looking at people who are deeply, deeply steeped in the Torah and whose knowledge of Torah is really unsurpassed. And so what we're looking at is the oral Torah 
delivered all the way from Mount Sinai, interpreting the written Torah. So it's Torah interpreting Torah, right? Not rabbis interpreting Torah. So did you uh, find any errors in that? Oh, so, so the laws of Moses, that we have the Ten Commandments, wasn't good enough. They said it had to be the oral. That's what they're, that's what they're referring to as the Talmud. So now we have many times pagan Jews now, too, that have interpreted what they want it to say. Just like they, that's where you come up with Shekinah, because that's what they interpreted. It must be the female part of God. Go ahead, Sam. The last thing he said was, just as the written law came down on Mount Sinai from God, then he went on to say that the oral law also came down from God at Mount Sinai, meaning the Talmud, meaning he's saying that the Talmud is on the same level as the Torah. It all came from God, and that is blasphemy. Yes. That is a lie. So the, 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 you know, the first five books of the Bible, which is the Torah, is not as important as their oral their interpretation. That's why they have, I, I, yeah, commandments. And man, they have so many command, they, commandments, and they're constantly coming up with more. You can't keep up with them. I mean, it's the same kind of thing like with uh, the Hinduism. They have so many gods, you can't keep up with them. And that's what it's really becoming. It's becoming, you know, we're going to do it this way because some, you know, rabbi decides that's the way it's going to be, and that's the interpretation of it. And so that even while they say, we'll discuss it, they're still going to come back to whatever that head rabbi is that says that's going to be the law. So we got a problem. They're under the law. I mean, why would you want to be under the law? You're free. There's freedom in Christ Jesus. I'm free, right? Everybody say, I am free. Come on, if you're free. I am free. Amen. We are free in Christ Jesus. We're not under the law. <laughs> All right, so in summary, Mo, this is Mo, Moses received the two Torahs on Mount Sinai. Wrong. One was written, one was oral. Wrong. First five books, plus Proverbs and Psalms and Prophets. They're saying that, that, that that's where the, the Torah is, right? But they're saying the oral Torah is to help us with understanding. It's more important than the five books. They need a teacher to understand the terms of the Torah. In other words, you don't have to read it for yourself. Any other religions out there that you can think of? Catholics. Catholics. Yeah, you don't have to read it. We'll just tell you what it means. The Talmud is a collection of over 400 years. It takes seven years to read and study the Talmud. Torah says to go to the scholars of that generation for the understanding. So we, we got some issues here. We've definitely walked away from grace. As a believer, I must, I was not, excuse me, let me start over. As a believer, I was not grafted into Judaism by the Mosaic Covenant. I, as this time about me, Leslie, I, as a believer, was grafted into the seed and faith of Abraham, preceded the law. Christ Jesus is the new man. In Ephesians 2, 15, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. Jesus came to make peace between Jews and Gentiles. However, they keep trying to make there not be peace. And then we're trying to have, the Christians are trying to go the ways of the Jews, and there's still no peace. They make fun of us over there in Israel that are trying to become Jews. You just ask your tour host, tour guide. They, they don't, they hate Jesus. Their blinders are on. They're not seeing it. They don't get it. They'll, they'll, they'll just say the things to say to get that buck. 
or to get that tip. I'm, I love Jackie, our, our tour guide, many, many years taking over. But he never accepted Jesus. Never, I mean, he would just sometimes, some, sometimes people would try to lead him to the Lord. Finally, we said, don't come on this tour to do this. This is not the place to do this. You're coming not for that, okay? The Holy Spirit has to draw him, right? If Gentiles were to be grafted into Israel, thus becoming Jews, what was the purpose of Jesus? Let me read that again. If Gentiles were to be grafted into Israel, thus becoming Jews, what was the purpose of Jesus? God never intended of Gentiles to become one in Israel, but one in Christ. What do Messianic and Hebrew roots believe about the Trinity? We'll finish this today here. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. They're going to say that it's not there. It's not in the Bible. Uh, things like that. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's three. Trinity. Hello. All right. We'll watch this video. In reply to this, cults like the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons and the Messianic Jews and the Hebrew Roots Movement say that the word Trinity is not in the Bible and that therefore the Trinity does not exist. But then again, the word Bible is not in the Bible and therefore by using that so-called logic, the Bible does not exist. They also say that because His Unholiness the Pope believes in the doctrine of the Trinity, that therefore the Catholics must have made it up. But in a complete contradiction, you will also hear them say quite often that Matthew 28, 19 is such a strong Trinity scripture that it must have been planted there by the Catholics. They also say that the Catholics are much the same as the Protestants and born again Christians, as if they had never even heard of the Spanish Armada, and as if they had never even heard of Fox's Book of Martyrs or took a few seconds out to even consider all the agony of those who were burned alive for the faith. Or then again, it might be because the Hebrew Roots Movement hasn't even got one martyr. Furthermore, what these cults do not tell you is that single words have also been created by men that describe the heresies of these cults. For instance, the word polytheism is not in the Bible, yet both the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons are both polytheistic. Another thing they don't bother to tell you is that the word Sabellianism is not in the Bible. And Sabellianism has another name, the Oneness Heresy. And this is believed by certain pseudo-Pentecostals, many people in the Hebrew Roots Movement, and people who are Messianic Jews. And yet, they expect you to believe these heresies, even though the words describing the heresies are not in the Bible either. I think that's called a dual standard, isn't it? Saying the word Trinity isn't in the Bible, and therefore the Trinity doesn't exist, is a bit like saying the word airplane isn't in the Bible, and therefore airplanes don't exist. In reply to this, well, so now you have a little bit of eye opening on this, right? Um, you know, the, the thing that we have to remember is that it is the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. It is three in one. It's the Trinity. And the oneness movement out there says, has to say Jesus only. 
They don't include the Father. They don't, they don't include the Holy Spirit. We had actually in our house one time, um, Stan went to a full gospel businessman's meeting. There was a man that showed up there, and he was on the streets, and Stan felt for him, brought him to the house, and he was under the oneness movement, the Jesus-only movement, and saying he started telling us that we were going to hell because we, we said Father and Holy Spirit, and it's, we believed in the Trinity, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and it should be Jesus-only. Well, he didn't stay in our house too long. Because there was no change in his mind. There was definitely no way he was going to change our mind. You know, we believe in the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. The Trinity. They're one. They're one. Um, I'll, I'm going to start with this next time. We're going to talk about the Hebrew Roots Movement, Messianic Jews. They uh, dismissed Paul. So they dismissed 28% of the New Testament. They throw it out. They don't like Paul. They don't like what he says. And so they, they hate Paul. And they don't think we as Christians should follow after his workings like in Galatians and so forth and so on. So just we'll, we'll start there this next week. And uh, God bless you. Thank you for listening. I pray in the name of Jesus that you'll have your eyes open, your ears open to hear and see the word of the Lord. And just know that Jesus, Jesus is the one who came to set you free. Jesus is the one. In Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Come on in and be seated. We'll get our service started this morning. Hallelujah. Welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church here in Plano, Texas. The weather is beautiful, so if you live somewhere else and want to come join us, come on down. Or come up or whichever way. Come east, come east. Northeast, southwest, you're welcome here. Just come to Plano, Texas. Uh, we're praying for a new building here before long, so we're hoping that's going to come into fruition. Pray along with Complete us. Complete with new congregation members or well, additional. New additional <laughs> Additional congregation members. <laughs> yes, you are perfectly fine to come too if you'd like. Wrong word. Well, well yeah, that was kind of the wrong word. That was a Leslie <laughs> remark. Saying, usually, usually I'm messing up on the words. But welcome. We're so glad that you're here this morning. A few announcements. For, we're about to be in the month of June. Can you believe it? So it's about to be full force summer here in Texas. It's still beautiful here. 100 degree weather, you just go in where there's air conditioner. That's all. And it's, it's awesome. So come. Uh, Father's Day is going to be Sunday, June the 20th. That's three weeks or so from here. Um, also, Bible study is going to be canceled for the summer. It is we already do this, canceled. We do this every year um, to give a break for those that are coming, but also just the heat and uh, there's people that are, you know, traveling, and so we'll join back up in September after our prayer conference, which we'll announce that probably here in a couple of weeks. Um, also, church really begins here at 9.30 a.m., so those of you who are watching online, make sure you tune in at 9.30 a.m. If you miss the 9.30 teaching, you miss somebody awesome. <laughs> a great speaker. I'm not kidding. I mean, I, it's a good message, so I hope that you'll join, come in, because Jesus is the only one that's awesome. Uh, but, that, but, but arrive by 9.15 because we do live stream, so we want you to be, get your seats by, you know, 9.20 or so, uh, so that we can live stream our morning service. And we, you know, there's awesome teachings that come at 9.30 service, so come at 9.30. Um, also, if you want to not miss the coffee and donuts, you want to be here at 9.30, because at 10.15, you can have coffee and donuts. And then intercessory prayer, if um, you are not on the email list for prayer requests and also just reminders, 
you want to let Carolyn know, Carolyn Harper, wave your hand so everybody in here can see you. Uh, let Carolyn know and make sure you are on that email list because that's how we're communicating more than just me sending out text here lately is to do emails. So check your emails. Or do email uh, at contact at spiritofprophecychurch.com. I think I got it right. I'm not going to look at Leslie, but I think I got it right. Um, so then there's also the, the School of the Watchmen. Are we still calling them that? <laughs> That's uh, coming up Friday, June the 11th through the 13th. <clears throat> so uh, sign up online uh, for the Prophecy Club for the, the for, to sign up for the, the, the Watchmen School of the Watchmen, June 11th through the 13th. And for those of you that are here uh, for Spirit Prophecy Church, Please see Sharonda. Please let Sharonda know if you're planning and on attending. We do need to know that you are coming. And we do need to know that you're coming because, you know, we... We want to set up a chair. We need to know how many tables. Yes. We need to know you're coming. We need to know that you're coming. And I have a flyer that we will have on the front desk out there as you're leaving if you'd like to have an extra flyer for that. Um, oh, also, <clears throat> Dina, is that right, or Deanna? Deanna. Deanna? Okay, Deanna. Uh, is passing through. She wants to come to the conference the June 11th through the 13th. And if anybody in here at our church, the local church, would allow her to stay in your home for a couple of weeks, that'd be great uh, for her. So just see her after church and, and let her know that you'll she open her home. She doesn't have a place to stay for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. She was at the October uh, Solemn Assembly, and uh, she came up 26 hours all the way up from Mexico to be a part of this School of the Watchmen. So if there's someone that could help her out, that would be wonderful. That's and if, her there. So, um, and if somebody's, you know, watching online that lives in the area, you know, maybe we'll have, maybe you'll have your choice. <laughs> and just today, Can you? Okay. So she's looking right. for a job. So, too. so you know. Lord, give her a job. She can move up here. Amen. Okay. So hopefully somebody will be able to let her stay for a couple of weeks, while, so she can be a part of the, the Watchman School School, Watchman School. We're still getting Sorry. that down. Yeah, it's a little different Gotta than what we usually do. I know, right? It's right. All right, uh, Stan, you had something you wanted to say. Okay. So uh, I was just talking to a couple of congregation members, and they said, "How are you feeling?" So I started answering. I thought, you know, maybe I should tell everybody. So uh, the 32nd story is last Thursday. Yes, Thursday morning. Uh, long, long story short, went to the hospital. My neck was aching and had a burning in my heart. And they discovered that I had a very, very, very small blockage in my heart. Now, I say small because it was in the branch of a branch. While they said that I had five blockages, one was like 90, 98% block. The other four were like 25 or 30% block. And they put in a little stent, the smallest stent they make. Again, it was in the branch of a branch of the front part of my heart, about the size of a coffee stir stick. And this past Monday, I went to my heart doctor. And of course, again, they did EKG and check everything. And he could not say enough good about, A, you did the right thing. Most men won't go to the hospital. You went, you, you went to the hospital. You went to the emergency room. You did the right thing. And he says, you have absolutely no heart damage. He said, you have a strong heart. I'm clearing you to play racquetball. 
He says, as a matter of fact, he says you have tri high triglycerides, and high triglycerides is, is best removed by exercise, so actually exercise is good. <laughs> so it clearly plays. So anyway, good, good report, good report. Everything's good, 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 good. My blood pressure is down. Of course, the blood pressure pills help, but so I'm feeling good. He's doing so good. that's a good report. Let's give the Lord praise here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Thank you for your prayer. Thank the Lord. And uh, then there's some of you that follow also Rick Wiles, another prophetic ministry. And he and his wife need prayer. Uh, he's actually in the hospital, so I'll be praying for Rick Wiles um, to recover. Um, I don't know exactly. Let me just say a quick prayer. Lord, I, I just pray right it's now in the name of Jesus that whatever is wrong with Rick Wiles in the hospital will be fixed and healed. He's a watchman. We need all the watchmen that you can get. Also for his wife, Susan, pray the strength and healing for both of them. In Jesus' name, amen. And I heard that it went through 25 other staff. So pray for their ministry. Pray for their ministry. Amen. Pray that we want them to be okay. Uh, he's in the hospital. He's on has oxygen. He's not on a ventilator. Praise God. So we don't want that to happen in Jesus' name. Amen. So no, you will not be on a ventilator. Let's stand. Let's pray. We'll get our service going this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we just love you so much. And we love that we can come here to praise you, to worship you, to love you. Lord, we thank you for the freedom. The freedom it is to know you. That we have you in our hearts. That we believe in you. It's by your grace that we're saved through faith. And we have faith and we believe in you, Jesus Christ, as our Lord and Savior. Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus for those that could not be with us today and those that are watching online, if there's any that are sick amongst us, we ask in the name of Jesus that, that you would heal them. We rebuke and command that evil spirit of infirmity to leave their bodies right now in Jesus' name. And we speak to Beth, we command that evil spirit, that the spirit of infirmity to leave her body right now in Jesus' name and not come back. Heal her body completely, Lord. We thank you for giving her strength and the family strength in the name of Jesus. And Rick Wiles, just as uh, Pastor Stan was praying, Lord, and that whole staff, we thank you, Lord, that they're healed right now in Jesus' name. We have faith and we believe that they're healed right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask that, um, that you would be amongst us today. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. Lead us, guide us, direct us. Let us do everything decently and in order and let it be pleasing to you. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, now it's time for praise and worship. Hallelujah. Lord, we come humbly before you with all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. You deserve it. You deserve every bit of it. Father God, let us get our hearts right and our minds focused on you, that we would not look to the past, we would not look to those things that distract us, but to keep our eyes focused on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. King of kings and Lord of lords, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, our Father, our friend, our worshiper, Father God, we worship you. You are worthy and worthy to be praised. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead, Danny. Come on, let's put our hands together. Praise is rising, eyes are turning to you, we turn to you, hope is stirring, heart 
hearts are yearning for you. We long for you. Because we want to see you. We find strength to face the day. And in your presence, all our fears are washed away. They're washed away. Hosanna, Hosanna, you are the God who saves us, worthy of all our praises. Hosanna, Hosanna, we among us. We welcome you here, Lord Jesus. We hear the sound of hearts are turning to you. Oh, we turn to you. In your kingdom, broken. Hallelujah. Oh, you make us new. Because when we see you, we find strength to face the day. In your presence, all our fears are washed away. They're washed away. Hosanna. Hosanna, you are the God who saves us, worthy of all our praises. Hosanna, Hosanna, come have your way among us, we welcome you here, Lord Jesus. Strength to face the day. Joy, the Lord is our strength. In your presence, all our fears are washed away. We're washed away, yes. Because when we see you, we find strength to face the day. Hallelujah. In your presence, all our fears are washed away. They're washed away. Hosanna, Hosanna. You are the God who saves us, worthy of all our praises. Hosanna, Hosanna. Come have your way among. We welcome you here, Lord Jesus. Hosanna, Hosanna. You are the God who saves us. You're worthy of all our praises. Hosanna. 
come have your way among us. We welcome you here, Lord Jesus. Hosanna. Hosanna. focused on you this morning. Jesus, you are the King of kings and Lord of lords, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Father God, we cry out to you. Let that burning from our hearts come out, penetrate our hearts, so we can worship you on a deep and an mature level. Father God, let these words not go in vain, but let it reach the souls, Lord, that they would come and know you more. Let's give him some praise this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Your face outshines the brightest sun. Jesus, you're glorious. You are so glorious. With eyes that blaze a burning fire. Jesus, you're glorious. You are so glorious. Hallelujah. Hey. Jesus. Your face outshines the brightest sun. Jesus, you're glorious. You are so glorious With eyes that blaze like burning fire Jesus, you're glorious You are so glorious King of glory Have your glory King of glory Have your glory Crushing water sounds. Jesus, you're powerful. You are so powerful. In your hands, you hold the stars. Jesus, you're powerful. You are so powerful. King of glory. Have your glory, King of glory, have your glory, King of glory, have your glory, King of glory, have your glory, Lord. 
of kings and Lord of lords. Have your glory, Lord. We worship you. You are worthy. You are so worthy, Father God. Jesus, Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, oh, he's my soul. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I ride, the ransom for my life, oh, he's my soul. You are good. Gonna let me die. 
never gonna let me down Hallelujah, King of my heart Be the mountain where I run The fountain I drink from Oh, He's my song
So the word Hosanna is different than hallelujah. Hosanna is your rescuer, your savior. So when you are lifting up his name, Hosanna, you're saying you're my rescuer. You're my savior. It's you who I trust. It's you who I look to that will supply all my needs according to your riches and glory. It's he who you're looking to. Hallelujah means you're giving him praise. Praise. You're saying hallelujah for who you are. Amen? But Hosanna, when you're singing the word Hosanna, you are actually speaking to Jesus. Say, you're my savior. You're my rescuer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just sing a cappella. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Yes, Lord, you're my Savior. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna. praise in here. Hallelujah. Just stay in that attitude for worship just a moment. Hallelujah. And what the Lord was really impressing upon me this morning is that to be free is really conservatism. Freedom's not liberalism. Amen. If you're a conservative, you're free. If you're liberal, you're not free. And I'm talking about government-wise. Government-wise. You know, children, they need structure. We're God's children. We need structure. Right? And so he was really impressed upon me is that, is that you know, when he gives us these, the Ten Commandments, when he gives us his rules and his book to follow, that they're for us. It's structure for us. But we sometimes, we just say, Oh, Lord, I just know you're going to take care of me. And then we sit there and we do nothing. And he was really chastising me this morning, too. Because I know that the liberal, we're talking government-wise, voice is trying to move out the conservative voice. Trying to move it out. And guess what? They are winning. It's time. Who said not for long? That's not true. If we don't do anything, they will move it out. That's what I'm trying to say. It's up to us. It's up to us to wake up and not just sit on our tush. It's what did you call it last week? Our blessed assurance. Don't just sit on your blessed assurance. Do something. Now you think, well, my vote's not going to count anyway. How do you know? I think that was a lie. That was a lie to get all the conservatists out there to give up, not to voice their opinion. It's all right. Go and vote. To go and vote. And right now we are having a runoff in Allen. And next Saturday, 
You better go vote for Dave and Dave if you live in Allen. I was convicted. I had somebody come to my door. And they said, you know, and they, she said, you know that the liberals are kicking out the conservatives, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, they are. I got to voice my opinion. I got to do my vote. I got I to speak. I got to speak. And so I forgot about that till we were doing praise and worship. And I thought, Lord, that's what we're doing. We're sitting on our blessed assurance, just thinking it's all going to come our way. I'm telling you right now, we can move and we can do something. It's not the time yet just to sit there with an empty plate and pray for food to arrive. We're not at that, that, we're not at that place right now. So if you're looking for a job, that doesn't mean sitting on your tush. That means doing something, going out, looking for it, putting in your resume. Same thing. Liberalism is not freedom in that way with our government. It's not freedom. Just be having the government pay for everything. That's not freedom. Lord says in his word, if you don't work, what? You're worse than an infidel. So he didn't say you had to like it. Matter of fact, most of us don't like to work. Right? So do your part. Man, I'm sorry. I didn't know I was going to preach like this this morning. But I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying that we have forgotten that structure is good. We desire structure. Human beings desire structure. And when there are just loose cannons out there, it's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's chaos. It's lawlessness. And if we want government to be good and have good laws, then we need to do our part. We need to do our part. Yes, pray. Absolutely pray. But do your part. Physically do your part. And when I saw in the spirit, there was a woman, a black woman, watching online. And you have been being tugged of the Lord to go and to be on the city council. I encourage you to do that. Find out what you have to do to be on that city council. That's a first step. That's a stepping point to maybe even becoming, who knows, a mayor. Who knows, maybe even a, some kind of government official. But with that conservative voice, you've got to do something. And God's placed it on your heart, so go forth, woman. Go forth in the name of Jesus. Go forth. And let us know. Let us know that you got this word. Contact at spiritofprophecychurch.com. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, you may be seated. Give somebody a hug. Let them know you're happy they're here today. Hallelujah. And don't forget, Deanna, she might need a place to stay. So if, she, if anybody opened up their arms, their home. Amen. No. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Do your part, right? Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just thank you so much that we can come here freely. And you know, Lord, you do things decently and in order. And so, Lord, I thank you that we're going to continue to do things decently and in order in this church. And, Lord, I thank you for the apostle here that overlooks each one of us. I thank you for hearing his prayers as he prays for each one of us. And those even online, he's praying for them. 
Lord, I thank you that you're answering those prayers that they have a need of. Lord, we ask that you continue to bring those in that are like-minded to this place of worship, this building to where we are right now, but also online. Continue to bring them in. Lord, anoint Pastor Stan as he brings the message today from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Let him hear the words you want him to speak. Let him be obedient to give that message. And Lord, I pray that you'll give him more revelation and give him remembrance of some things of the past, the, the stories of the past to bring this to light. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I'm going to walk you over also so I can pick up my controller that I left over. <laughs> Listen carefully to these words. I think that these are some of the second best worship words in the Bible. And yeah, I'll get to the best in just a moment. Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. And now the very best words. In my opinion, the very best words. And I believe it's Revelation 15, no, Revelation 5. I want to say like 12. Where it says, Worthy is the Lamb, because He was slain, redeemed us to God by Thy blood, out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. And it's made us unto our God kings and priests, so we should reign on the earth. Lord, those words embody the victory that you had on the cross, the victory that you gave to us because you were slain, redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation, and has made us unto our God kings and priests. You gave us the victory, and we thank you for it. We thank you for your wonderful word, your wonderful guidance, and yes, your wonderful correction. And we know that your correction is good. Those you love, you chasten. Lord, now I ask that you would open my eyes and help me to see, and also the eyes of those people watching, to see and know and understand what you're saying to us, and help us all to get closer to you. In Jesus' name, and the congregation said, Amen. Amen. Okay, so what are we going to talk on? Well, we're going to talk about the love of Jesus, and we're going to make everybody feel really good and really glad you came to church. Right, Lord? And then I started praying. Lord, I'm really trying to get more people to come to a church. I'm trying to help build your kingdom. Are you sure you want me to talk on that? Okay, so erase that question. Let's go. Okay, now let's go back. So what do you want to say tomorrow morning? Same thing. Lord, you know, I will say anything that you tell me to say. But, you know, we are trying to get more people to come. And there's a whole bunch of messages like that. Are you sure you want me to give that message? Okay. Erase that. Lord, what do you want to... <laughs> so I'll ask you, do you want to hear something good that Stan would want to bring? Or would you want to hear what the Lord wants to say this morning? Well, so that's what I'm going to bring. And Lord, help me to bring that. 
Anoint my mouth and my heart and help me to say the right words in Jesus' name. I don't have to tell you that our nation is in a lot of trouble and that a storm is about to hit. And like Dimitri said when he spoke to Michael Boldea, a storm's coming, my boy, and it's going to be a bad one. So when that storm comes, the most important thing we can do is have a clean heart. So what I've been led to do is talk about Elijah and Ahab this morning because this is the difference between a filthy heart king and the clean heart prophet. We want to be on the clean heart side, right? Okay. So can we hide evil from the eyes of the Lord? No. Do we think we can? There's times. Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, one of the best lies that the devil gives us is Nobody will know. Nobody will see. You'll get by with it. Is that an amen or not? Is that an amen? I mean, does he not say that to us? You, you, can, you can enjoy that. Or you can have fun. Or you can make more money. You can, you, and it's all about, he's talking to us like that all the time. And he did with Elijah and Ahab. And it came to pass of these things that Naboth, a Jezreelite, had a vineyard, which was in Jezreel, and it was hard by the place of, uh, by, by the palace, means near by the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. And Ahab spoke to Naboth, saying, man, I would really like to have your vineyard. It's really nice, it's, and it's very close to my house. Okay, this is the Johnsonized version. You can read the King James Version there. Really close to my house. I'd really like to have it. Would you sell it to me? He said, no, I don't think I'm supposed to because the Lord gave me this land and I'm supposed to keep it for all eternity. That's what he says. So Ahab, now this is the king of Judah, okay? King of a nation, king of, the, of, of, of Judah. So he goes home. He turns his face to the wall and he said, uh, said, or the way we would say it today, he started pouting to his Jezebel wife to his evil wife, and she says, so why is your countenance downtrodden? Why are you so depressed? Why are you acting like this? He says, oh, that Naboth wouldn't give me the vineyard that I wanted. It's right over there, and it's a very nice vineyard. I offered him a good price for it, and he wouldn't give it to me. So what she do? Uh, so he says, uh, I will give thee the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. So Jezebel has a plan. And that's where a lot of the problems that we have in life start, is by trying to get us ahead, especially ahead of our neighbor. There's a lot of folks that stab people in the back, trying to get ahead. I remember one time, back in years and eons ago, when I was in sales, we were at a regional meeting, and there was food, and there was uh, lots of Cokes and stuff. There was no alcohol, but uh, this new lady came up, and she says, do you see those two talking over there? I said, yeah. She said, doesn't that bother you that they're talking, this guy's talking to the boss? No. 
She says, well, in my opinion, I think you should go over there and get involved in that conversation and see what they're talking about because they're probably talking about you. Of course, I had a clean heart. I didn't have done anything wrong, so I thought, oh, it doesn't make any difference what they're talking about. Wrong. I later discovered that, she, that this guy that was talking to the boss was making up stories about me. And as a result of that conversation, I got called on the carpet and I had to explain it. Now, it was all wrong and all worked out okay. But the point is, a lot of people are there in life trying to stab us in the back. It's not just in business. It's even in Christianity. It's in life, okay? Like Leslie was saying, the people tried to get in line in front of her. So here's a case in the Bible where it happened. So Jezebel wrote letters in Ahab's name, the king's name, sealed him with a seal, and says, okay, I want you to proclaim a big fast. I want you to put this Naboth up on the high chair, and everybody's giving him recognition. Then what I want you to do is bring in two false witnesses to lie and to say that he blasphemed God and the king. And they carried him out, and they stoned him and killed him. So, what actually happened? Jezebel actually killed Naboth to steal his property. Now, question. Have you ever stolen anything? Yeah, I have. I remember taking pennies out of my mom's purse. I remember walking into a 7-Eleven one time when I was probably, I'd like to say really young, but I'll assure you it was really stupid. Stealing a bottle of wine. Oh, pastor, Stan, you wouldn't do... Yeah, the devil has... All we like sheep have gone astray. And the devil has caused every one of us to turn away, right? Well, what he's laid in my heart today is, okay, Stan, you know we're coming into a storm. I want you to speak to the hearts of the people today, and I want everybody to look into our heart and say, if Jesus were to look into your heart, if Jesus were to come to you tonight in a dream, or send an angel to you in person, and say, but this I have against you, what would the rest of the sentence be? In other words, if Jesus were to look into our heart, what would he say needs to change? Do you think he'd find something? This is the correct answer. The pause is for a cause. In other words, what we're supposed to be doing this morning is not just listening to an entertaining sermon. We're supposed to be looking into a heart and saying, okay, what do I need to change? Is there something I need to walk away from? Now, let me give you some examples. Are there some words that sometimes come out that shouldn't? Are there times when we speak too quickly when we shouldn't? Are there times when we push our way on others? See what I'm saying? So if Jesus were to come to us, the Lamb of God, perfect and holy. Now, it doesn't mean that we've done something like kill somebody. That's not what I'm asking. In other words, what I'm saying is, when we bring it to our hearts, what do we need to do to make certain that we're walking a straight and narrow path as possible, being as Christ-like as possible. Now, every one of us, including me, every one of us, 
needs to get closer to Jesus, yes? So what is it that separates us and God? The Bible says it is sin that separates us and the Father. So back to the story. So they killed Naboth. So she says, go ahead, arise and take possession of the vineyard of Naboth. So Ahab rose up and took possession of it. So they committed a murder. The word of the Lord then came to Elijah the Tishbite saying, uh, <clears throat> what do you think is going to happen? I want you to go and speak to the king. Now, is that saying that if we do something wrong, that God is going to bring a prophet to rebuke us and correct us? If we're lucky, if we are walking a path that's narrow, if we are high enough up in the kingdom. You see, in my opinion, I think that some people walk different widths. In other words, there's a time in my life I got away with some things that I don't get away from now or don't get away with. The closer we get to God, the more... I don't have another word. The prophet said it correct. What is it? What did you say? Correction. The more correction. The more correction we get. Those I love, I chasten. So I want you to go down and I want you to talk to Ahab, the king of Israel. I want you to deliver a message. So Ahab walks in. He says, Thus saith the Lord, Hast thou killed and also take, taken possession? And thou shalt speak unto him, saying, Thus saith the Lord, In the place where the dogs lick the blood of Naboth, shall dogs lick thy blood, even thine. Now, if I got a prophet come to me and saying that, I would be falling on my face right there and right then, and I'd start repenting like crazy. Why? Because I'm afraid of the Lord. Now, how many of you would probably do something similar if a prophet came and you'd made that kind of big mistake? See, that, my brothers and sisters, is the point of the message. That's the right response. The wrong response is, whoa. Put the nose in the air. <laughs> Don't look at me like I wouldn't do that. That's the flesh way. That's the natural way. We're born of the flesh, right? We had to get washed in the spirit to get cleaned up. Well, he does a little bit of good, Ahab, the wicked king. So Ahab says to Elijah, hast thou found me? Do you think the Lord knows what we do? Oh, man. The closer I get... <laughs> Thank you, Lord. The closer I get to the Lord, the more I discover what it is to walk with Him and get closer to Him. It's like He... Like I've discovered He kind of cheats. I say He cheats because the flesh man says you're cheating. But it's to me, my, the way I understand it is, it's almost like He has a spiritual door to the back of our brain, to the back of our heart, and he knows, say it, everything. That was a good place for an amen. amen. I guarantee told you. He knows, not, Bible says not just what we do, but why. He searches the reins and the hearts. He knows why we did it. So, 
Hast thou found me? O mine enemy answered. He says, I have found thee because thou hast sold thyself to work evil in the sight of the Lord. This is Ahab talking to Elijah. Okay, you found me out? Yeah, now he does something good. So as a result, Ahab began to repent. <clears throat> he talks about all of the things here that he's going to do. He's going to take away his posterity. In other words, he would have no more male children in his house. Uh, some bad things. And of Jezebel also he spake the same. Now, here's what I'm also going to prophesy to your wife Jezebel. The dog shall eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. Him that dieth of Ahab in the street, dieth of Ahab in the city, the dog shall eat. And him that dieth in the field shall the fowls of the air eat. Again, this is the king. He's committed murder. His wife has committed murder. So he's held to a pretty high standard. We aren't held to that high standard, but then, of course, if we do something that bad, then we're going to be in that much trouble. Now, let's go on. But there was none like Ahab, which did sell himself to work wickedness, in the sight of the Lord, whom Jezebel his wife stirred up. And he did very abominably in following idols. What idols? He followed the idols of the Amorites, which is Ashtaroth, and probably Baal worship, the cow god. So it came to pass that Ahab heard these words. Now here's his repentance. When he heard the words, he rent his clothes, or he ripped his clothes. I don't know why they were back then really big about ripping their clothes. Okay, I mean, I never see anybody say, I'm sorry, and rip their clothes. But I guess that's a real sign that was big to them. But So he ripped his clothes. Now this gets him out of some trouble. My point is, we all make mistakes before the Lord. But what Ahab did is a very important lesson. When we make a mistake, Dale Carnegie said, when you're wrong, admit it quickly and emphatically. Absolutely, positively, admit it quickly and emphatically. Why? Because that takes away the anger of the person. And the same thing, it takes away the anger of the Lord. And to a certain degree, it started taking away the anger from him. Ahab heard the words, he rent his clothes, put sackcloth on his flesh, and fasted, and lay in sackcloth, and went softly. In other words, he fell on his face. He ripped his clothes, he put on sackcloth, because sackcloth was, what is, by the way, what is sackcloth? <clears throat> you know, when you buy wheat or flour or something like that, and it comes in a sack? That's sackcloth. In other words, he, he took off his kingly robes, and he put on rags. He fell on his face. And it says sackcloth and ashes. And what are the ashes? Ashes in those days were coming from the sacrifice from the four horns of the golden altar. Uh, it's a sign of getting your sins forgiven. So today we would probably fast. I've never ripped my clothes, but I guess if I'd done something really, really bad, I, that, that might be a good thing to do. And fall on our face and repent, pray and fast that God would forgive us. That's a major point. When we've done something wrong, admit it quickly and emphatically. So then the word of the Lord came to Elijah again, saying, All right, Ahab humbles himself before me. So I will not bring the evil in his days, but in his son's days will I bring the evil upon his house. Now, what it's about to do, though, Ahab doesn't have much longer to live anyway. Ahab doesn't know it. So this evil that's coming on Ahab, 
He didn't have a long life. Evil king. Bible says here he's one of the worst of them. He did very abominably in the following idols, the Amorites. All right, now, oops, back up. It talks about how they continued for three years. Let me skip down. And then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together and the 400 men and said to them, Shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to battle or should I forbear? And they said, Go up, for the Lord shall deliver it in the hands of the king. So, Jehoshaphat is wanting to know if he's supposed to go and attack this other nation that is in this, the, the area given to the Israelites. And so they want to know if they should, from God, from his prophets, if they should go. So they call all the major prophets. And you know, today, here they're, they're about to say like a hundred prophets they protected in a cave. Do you think there's a hundred prophets in the whole nation of Israel, some 350 million people? You think there's a hundred prophets, genuine prophets? I'm asking the prophet here. <laughs> okay, I thought she would say that. So if they had a hundred prophets, and it was a pretty small nation population-wise as we compare today, that's a lot of prophets. So is it better that we be under a constitution or is it better that we be under God's prophets and listen to his prophets? I think it's better we be under God and under his prophets. But since people, historically, at least the Israelites, wouldn't listen to the prophets, so today we have to be under a constitution, something that we can write out and follow. <clears throat> so anyway, so Jehoshaphat hears from all these prophets. Yeah, yeah, go on up and attack Gilead. God is going to give them into your hand. He didn't believe the prophecies. So he says, is there not a prophet of the Lord besides this one to inquire of him? Yeah, yeah, there is. But this Micaiah, ah, I hate this guy, man. He never prophesies anything good to me. All right, calling. See what it says. So prophets prophesied to him. They all said, go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper. Lord's going to deliver it into your hand. So they called Micah. So Micah comes in. He says, Micah. Should I go into battle? This is going to tie together here in a second. Should I go? He says, uh, okay. Micah said, as the Lord liveth, what the Lord says unto me, I will speak. So he came to the king. king said, Micah, shall we go up to Ramoth Gilead to battle or shall we do forbear? He said, yeah, go on up, prosper, be in hell. Have a great victory. Go ahead. Do what you want to do. You're going to be victorious. And the king said to him, how many times have I adjured thee to tell me the truth? What is the Lord really saying? He says, okay, you want the truth? Does America want the truth today? No, no, no. We want a pre-trib rapture. We want it soft and easy. We want smiles every place. He says, all right, I'll tell you the truth. Here's what I saw. I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills as sheep that have not a shepherd. And the Lord said, they have no master. So he's prophesying death to Jehoshaphat here. They have no master. Let them return every man to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said, did I not tell you he was going to prophesy bad things? He never says anything good about me. And I said, and how is this happening when we have some 50-some-odd prophets that come in and say, yeah, the Lord's going to deliver it into your hand? 
So had it happened, he said, Hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting high on his throne, and all the hosts of heaven standing by him at his right hand and on his left. And he says, Who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? What? You mean God is putting a test to the king of Judah? He was. Here's the point. Does God test us? Sometime will God put something in front of us that's a test? Oh, I remember the night. <clears throat> I just had my surgery in the morning. And it was just a few weeks before that we came out of the sevenfold miracle crusade. And I could hear the devil saying, get mad at God. Go ahead, get mad at him because he didn't give you a miracle. You had to have surgery. Go ahead, get mad. My answer was, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true, just and true are thy ways, thou king of saints. Now, I had to say it several times. After I'd finished that whole phrase, I said, Now, you may be wanting to know what I think about you making me have surgery. And that, by the way, that's not the right way to phrase it either. That's not the right way to talk to God. But here's my response. Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. In other words, I'm going to praise him in the good times, but I'm going to praise him when it doesn't go my way. Because just and true are his ways. What about here? Same thing. He is testing Ahab. Now, for the spirit of prophecy church here this morning, we have to ask ourselves, is God testing us? Oh, let me just tell you, there's about to be a storm hit. And we're all about to be tested. But we, my brothers and sisters, we are prepared because we have we put our roots down into the rock. We're ready for the storm. So the winds blow and the rain comes and our house is not going to fall. Our house is not going to fall fall. We've already made our decision. Now they make a mistake. Who's going to persuade Ahab? So here it is. God is in heaven. His angels on both sides. Who would like to go persuade Ahab to go and make a mistake and attack Ramoth Gilead? So <clears throat> the angels propose different things. He says, how about this? I will go forth and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets. And I will persuade him that this Lord will put a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. The Lord shall have spoken evil concerning thee. So consequently, that's what had happened. All of these prophets had prophesied a lie to him. Well, can't we trust prophets? What we have to do is walk humbly before the Lord. And have a clean heart. That's the message for today. Keep a clean heart. So, he didn't prophesy good. So then the king says, all right, put this guy, Micaiah, put him in prison. Feed him bread and water in affliction with water and water of affliction till I come in peace. Micah says, okay, but if I return in peace, let me back up. If thou return in all peace, the Lord hath not spoken to me. So, 
Before I get into this next phase here to make a point, I'm going to ask you a question. Is God love? He absolutely is. But he is also the righteous judge. Correct? And we'll do well to remember both. Because if we, and there's a lot of sermons uh, preached like this, God is love. And so we, we walk on the sacrifice of Christ thinking we're walking in his grace. We're walking in fields of grace. You better understand you're also walking in those fields of grace before the righteous judge of the earth. Amen? So, is God love? Yes. Okay. However, this is one of the most important verses I've taken to memorize. Deuteronomy 32, 39. See now that I, even I, am he, and there is no God with me. I kill, I make alive. I wound, and I heal. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. What? In other words, it's all in his hand. He has the keys of hell and death. For I lift up my hand to heaven and I say, I live forever. If I whet my glittering sword, what is that? If I whet my glittering sword. Yes. A well-informed congregation. <laughs> I whet my glittering sword. That's what he's talking about. It's a morning star. If I whet my glittering sword. In my hand take hold on judgment, I will render, render vengeance. That word vengeance is always, almost always talking about the day of the Lord on the Feast of Trumpets. To mine enemies and reward them that hate me. I will make mine arrows. What is that again? That's the morning star. I will make my arrows drunk with the blood and my sword shall devour flesh. And that with the blood of the slain of the captives from the beginning of revenges upon the enemy. Rejoice, all you nations, with his people, for he will avenge the blood of his servants and will render vengeance to his adversaries and will be merciful unto his land and to his people. So, he is a righteous judge. Now back to the story. So, the king of Israel, under the nudge of the Lord through his lying prophets, decides, ah, I want to go see the battle. So I'm going to take off my kingly, priestly garments, and I'm going to dress like a common man, and I'm going to go in so I can watch the battle. Problem. So what happens is, he's disguised himself. A certain man drew a bow just as a venture. In other words, mm, ah. and that arrow, guided by the Lord, what did it do? It's, okay, it smote the king of Israel between the joints of the harness, wherefore he said to the driver of his chariot, Turn thine hand and carry me out of the host, for I'm wounded. What had the prophet said? If you return in safety, then I didn't hear from the Lord. And he died. <clears throat> Not only did he die, but the prophecy was fulfilled. His blood ran out of the wound into the midst of the chariot. And the dog lift, dogs licked it up. Consequently, there was a proclamation, let everybody go home, just like the prophet said. So the dogs licked up his blood, washed his arm according to the word which he spake. Now, the point here is, I think what God wants me to, to say to everyone this morning is, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, 
He is my refuge and my fortress. He is my refuge and my fortress. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and the noise and pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. Listen, listen, listen. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Meaning, if we want God's protection, then we have to make certain our heart is clean. But what is the secret place? We'll talk about that. My opinion, the secret place is not driving down the road. I'm not saying you can't pray driving down the road. It's not walking the dog. You can walk the dog and pray, but that's not the secret place. The secret place is not a place that we go to from time to time when it's convenient, when we have a few extra minutes. In my opinion, the secret place is a time. Every day, at least once a day, Daniel prayed four times a day, but then, of course, he slept with the lions. Four times a day, but at least once a day, where we fall to our knees, all alone, all alone. Well, I have a dog that's now about four foot away from me, but she doesn't enter into my prayers. She knows that when Stan is praying, you go over and mess with him and you are in trouble. So she lays there about four foot away. And she does not interrupt me, but she also knows she's going to get petted real good when I'm done praying. Secret place. It's a secret place. <clears throat> Try not to get emotional. It's a secret place between us and God. It's not a place where I go in and beg. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Yes, from time to time I pray. I pray for our congregation members. Pray for ministry. Pray for our nation. But that's not the purpose. It's a place where I go in to tell my God how great I think he is. Not just that I love him, though that's part of it. Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. From one new moon to another, one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before thee. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father and Lord when we see you. Splitting time and the heavens roll back like a scroll and eternity enters into time and stops time. When we see that, when we see your lightning, your morning star, Burn the tears in the moment in a twinkling of an eye at the last trump when time stops and we can see everything past, present, and future. In that instant, we receive all of our crowns, our mantles, our rewards, our new glorified body. Out of our belly flows rivers of living water. In that moment, when we see everything, we're going to throw our crowns down. We're going to all fall on our face. And say, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. For Your dominion is an everlasting dominion, and Your kingdom is that which shall not pass away. When they bring You before the Ancient of Days, and You're given a kingdom, and glory, and power, 
when you're crowned king of kings and lord of lords, when you change from lamb to lion, change from prince to the king to the earth to the king of kings and lord of lords, in that moment, everyone will bow. Everyone will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. And Lord, I'm sorry I say so many of the same words so many times. And if I find better words, I'll say those. But until that time, this is my heart. When we're in a secret place, when we have a secret place, it's not something we visit, it's not something we decide once in a while, it's like I fall to my knees and I say, here I am again, Lord. Here I am again. Can't run me off. When we have that, this doesn't bother us. We're not worried. We're not worried about the blood's licking up or the, the dog's licking up our blood. Before we do that, <clears throat> no, matter of fact, let me do this. I'll come back to that. The most important thing in life that we can do is to make certain that our name is in the book of life. The land's a book of life slain from the foundation of the world. When our name is in that book, blessed are they which do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life. They may enter through the gates into the city. For without are dogs, and sorcerers, and whoremongers, murders, whosoever loveth them maketh a lie. Because we've asked Jesus into our heart, our name is written into a book. And we get to go to heaven. We get to go to eternity with Jesus. So I want to pray for you. Let's bow our heads. If you want to have, <clears throat> make Jesus your Lord and Savior, make sure he's in your heart, pray this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit I'm a sinner. I know I'm not perfect. I ask you to forgive my sins. Write my name in the book of life. Keep me holy. Save me in the day of trouble. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you just prayed that prayer for the very first time, send an email to this email address. Send an email saying, yes, I accepted Jesus for the first time. Or... I said to him before, but yeah, I slipped back a little bit, but I'm rededicated now. Let me know. Why? Because Matthew 10, 10, Matthew 10, 32 and 10, 33 says, Whosoever confesses me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. Whosoever denies me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. In other words, when you accept Jesus, it's very important that you with your mouth or typing, tell someone. You have to tell someone as a witness, a second witness in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. And Lord, I pray that every one of the people listening here, their name is in the book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Also, if you'd like to be a part of our congregation, you can go to prophecyclub.com, and I think it's also at spiritofprophecychurch.com. You click that thing right there with the red uh, thing, and it tells you all about what we really believe. And if your heart's with us, bottom left here, it says become a ministry member. You can go in and click that, fill that out. And uh, so your heart is knit with us, and we encourage you to do that, to become a, a member. 
And yeah, there's a donate button. Matter of fact, there's a donate button down at the bottom of what you're watching right now. And of course, people in, in, in the room here get live, real live blue baskets to, <laughs> to give to. Share this with all your friends. I think that the primary message you wanted me to bring today is that we have to have a clean heart. Man, I know, but the, you know, we're always talking, we're always working. We're all, and, and by the way, if, if we get a heart that's clean enough, all we got to do is live one more day, and then we need to start trying to get another clean heart, right? Also, I ask you to click like, share, and subscribe. Send this out to your friends. Send it out to them and say, hey, this is important. Watch this. And I've kind of already covered that, so I'll just leave it right there. So, Lord, I thank you. Because you are great and marvelous. Because you are just and true in your ways. And we all look forward to the time when this mud body becomes a light body. And when it can never sin again. Never hunger again, nor thirst again. Neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. But the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and lead them into the living fountains of water. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you online. Thank you for watching. And you in the congregation, if you'd like to give, you can come up here and give. Clear.